to Unpacking Injustice with the Montana Innocence Project. This podcast tells the real stories behind wrongful and unjust convictions and illuminates the complex issues responsible for making our criminal justice system unjust. Today, we are celebrating the work of three formerly incarcerated Indigenous women who are transforming recovery at Lake County Drug Court. Let's begin unpacking. Dana Comes at Night, Lisa Brugman, and Stacy Marcus play instrumental roles in the adult drug court program located in Polson, Montana, which serves Lake County defendants receiving treatment for crimes relating to substance use disorder. Along with more than half of the participants, all three women are Indigenous. Dana is enrolled in the Blackfeet Nation, and Lisa and Stacy are members of the Confederated Salish and Kootenai Tribes. Indigenous defendants face the additional hurdle of navigating the complex generational trauma and racism resulting from colonization. This was true for Dana, Lisa, and Stacy during their personal justice involvement. Today, they serve as examples of women from their communities who survived the system. They draw on their shared experiences with participants to infuse sincerity, truth, and understanding into the program. The Montana Innocence Project had the opportunity to attend one of their Thursday evening group sessions. The impact of their leadership as people who were once in the same positions as the participants sitting around the table with them was evident immediately. In today's episode, you will hear from each of the women about how they found themselves working in the same courtroom they were once sentenced in and the power of that dynamic. So drug court, so it's treatment court, like uh, people with legal issues um, and substance use um, issues, alcohol, drug addiction. Uh, They come to court, meet with a judge once a week, usually sometimes biweekly. They get treatment for their, (laughs) they get treatment services. Uh, because a lot of crimes are drug or alcohol related and instead of just throwing people in jail and throwing away the key you tend to treat the addiction while keeping them accountable by the courts and um, hopefully help make their lives better. Dana Comes at Night is the former drug court coordinator. She currently runs Healing Court and is preparing to attend law school. I am... So I'm an addict, alcoholic. Um, I have 22 years of use under my belt. Um, I started at a young age, probably 11 years old. Raised in the dysfunction, chaos. Um, people like me in my situation weren't getting the help they needed because the tribe doesn't come to county. County doesn't go to the tribe. Like people, like especially Native Americans get sentenced in the county system and they're standing there before the district court judge there is nobody else in the in the room. Like there's nobody there for them to support them unless they have family that comes, but pretty much they're they're there, right? And a lot of people get a lot of them get different types of sentences, like, you know, stiffer. Um, Native Americans make up a huge percentage of the population in prisons, even though they're a small percent in the state of Montana, which is ridiculous. So because this is a PL two eighty um state or reservation 
that number, you just see that revolving door, right? People turning three years into 20 because they couldn't keep, stay sober. Before they changed all the laws, that's the way it went, you know. A dirty UA, okay, back to prison. You smoke weed, okay, back to prison. So because I seen that growing up with my siblings pretty much and different people I know, like I um, <clears throat> got into school, wanted to do addictions counseling because I knew that was gonna be my calling. Like I have all these years of experience. I've been through almost everything. Why not put it to good use? Um, give, make amends to my community, you know? Uh, so I went to school to be a CD counselor. So I kind of guess jumped into it. But it was really weird. Talk about surreal moments. So I'm standing in the drug court courthouse, right? I'm standing in the courthouse for drug court. There's the judge who sentenced me sitting on the bench. There's the probation officer who did my PSI. There's my defense attorney sitting there. There's like all these people and I'm just like, holy cripes, like what the heck am I doing? Because as an addict, you know, and growing up poor and broke and all these things that you think you could never do growing up, it it was just one of those moments like, like wow, like, like, I couldn't believe I was really standing there. Put it this way, the first thing that I got when I went and seen one of these counselors was a packet. It was like this thick, 150 questions, answer that, and then we'll talk. That was the first thing I got thrown at me. I think I was 12 years old when that happened. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is not going to freaking work. Like, So going, you know, moving forward and later on in life, I'd go see them as I needed, but... I never got any kind of, I guess I didn't get the right kind of support. It was more like, okay, you're a drug addict. Here's what I want you to do. Let's try to fix this. Um, here's your homework. Come see me next week. And it was like, it didn't feel genuine. It didn't feel sincere. It didn't feel like they had any clue as to how I felt as a person or what I was trying to do. It was more like, this is your choice. You make your choices, make a better choice. And that just didn't, that, that's unrealistic. And like now we understand that addiction is this disease and we understand how it affects the brain and the body and, and just everything in general. So like <clears throat> if somebody is going to tell me as an addict to not use, I'd rather it come from somebody who is an addict that decided not to use, right? When I was doing drug court, we ran at 80%. It was 80% um, Native American, sometimes, oftentimes more. The first time I went to a staffing, we were all in the jury room. And <clears throat> I walk in there and Miss um, Langford is on this tribal council and she's on the drug court team, but she wasn't there that day. And so I walk into this room and there's all these guys. They're all non-Native, they're all sitting around this table. They're all talking about our lives, like criminals who come up against, you know, in these cases, like, okay, well, we'll stop this one, or okay, we'll stop this one. Not one of them looked like me. Not one of them had the understanding about, uh, you know, the cultural aspect. Not one of them took into consideration any of that, and they were deciding people's lives. Like, they weren't the criminal, they weren't the addict, they weren't native, they weren't any of these things, but they're sitting there deciding the fate of our lives in that room and it just blew me away. I was like, what the fuck? Cause it made me think like, this is what they did with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is how it went down with my situation probably. So that day I was like, I'm here for a reason. 
I need to use my voice and I need to make some changes in the system, right? Because it's so broken that that's, you know, they call things like that the good old boys club. And I did, and it was hard coming from where I was because I didn't feel like I fit in that room. Here I am, a ex-felon, I got a deferred sentence, so not technically a felon, but I was on felony probation. I've been in criminal activity my entire life. I've been to jail so many times. I'm a drug addict, a junkie, a drunk, whatever you want to call it. And I'm sitting in this room with all these guys trying to decide if people are good enough to get into a drug court, you know, or good enough to be part of something different instead of throwing them in prison. So it was definitely different. Um, it was a big eye-opener, and that's, I think that's when my fight started, like, really, because I realized, like, dude, I can't allow this to happen. Like, so many of these people that I love and care for, or that, you know, see them as human beings, are just getting tossed back in, in that revolving door, that cycle, because they have a bad name, or they have a bad reputation, or they did this one thing in court this one time 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So it was stuff like that I was up against, and it, it was... It was kind of crazy. Now that I think about it, but you find yourself in these moments where you know that you're meant to be there at that moment to go through this thing, and you better do it and take advantage of it. And in recovery, recovery, we find a lot of moments like that, um, because this is what we're meant to do, right? You go through these, even if you go through the steps, NAAA, well, sobriety, all these things. The end result is you want to get to step 12 where you're helping another addict. You're helping another person. So for me, sometimes I felt like I was just a vessel, you know, like, okay, creator's putting me here. Okay, creator's putting you here because he knows you can take this fight. He's putting you here because he knows you can do this. And I guess that's just the way I ran a lot of things. I still do that. I guess it's, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I came from a broken home, severe dysfunction. My dad wasn't there. All my siblings drank. Like, there was a lot of shit that happened growing up. A lot of trauma. Um, didn't finish high school. I finally pulled my head out of my ass at 33 years old. Got my high set. You know, I ended up in treatment. Got, I went to jail a bunch of times. I was a felon. I got my deferred sentence. I was on probation. Like, all these things that have happened in my life made me think that I could never do anything I'm doing today. I have six degrees. I have the option to go to law school anywhere if I want to because I have a high-ass GPA. Like, you know, it's crazy. There's always a way to do that. There's always a way to get there. And if you are surrounding yourself with the right people, anything is possible, like literally anything. It's so crazy. The gist of it is I was incarcerated at Lake County from an accident that I had and going into jail for the first time ever, um, I saw a lot of native women that were incarcerated, more native than there was um, other. Stacy Marcus is the administrative assistant and peer support and training with Drug Court. And just hearing their stories and hearing them, um, how many times they've ever been, been incarcerated. Um, just started talking with them and just getting to open them up a little bit and with their, with their stories. And it just got me curious about who else I can talk to about their stories. 
Um, it went from being incarcerated at Lake County to the prison and saw a third of the prison women was native. And then it just started my journey of what I wanted to do. I wanted to get more involved in their, their lives, um, be a voice for them. And um, along with myself, being a voice for myself. Being Native American, it, it what, I'm proud of who I am. And even if I was, you know, I'm part white too, I'm part of that too as well. And it's, it shouldn't be classified of who you are as what race you are to determine the factors of how you should be treated. Nothing like that should be determined. And so I went to my sentence review. They said that it was a unanimous decision that my sentence was too excessive and took away the restrictions that was given to me and allowed me to go to parole. And then once I went to parole, they said I was paroled straight out. And then I'm here. You can get through the justice system because I was in a situation where I was just a stay-at-home mom, no record, nothing. I was just staying at home being doing my duties as a wife and a mother, and I've got no grandchildren. So and then I worked occasionally, and then getting involved with the justice system, I was thrown completely into it, and um, I learned a lot from it. And I know now that because of the fact of what I have accomplished, I can accomplish a lot more than what I ever thought that I could. And I know that there are people out there that don't know that they can do it, but if they put their minds and heart to it and they start working towards their goal and keep their expectations, um, get the, keep it high, they can accomplish it. And I know that me being Native American, I wanted to show them that, us, that me being a Native American, um, it can be accomplished. It doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing, you can do it. Because I never thought that I could, and I did it. So in 2019, I was sitting in the courtroom here that I work for now, and I was sentenced to seven years with five suspended, and I went straight to the Montana Women's Prison. Lisa Brugman is the drug court coordinator. I didn't have anything. I lost everything. I, I didn't have my kids. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I have a, a piece of clothing, like nothing. Um, you know, I, I, I've always had this drive to help people, and I've always had this drive to do make a difference in my community and be a good person, a good mom, a good role model. So I, so I applied for the treatment coordinator here at Drug Court, and I got the job. Um, so yeah, so um, it was it was really nerve wracking at first working as a coordinator with in the same courtroom I was sentenced in. Um, not too long ago, I actually sat on the judge's stand, filling in for her while she was on maternity leave, and. Um, it was so empowering. It was just like, this is so empowering. Like I was literally sitting in front of this, this same judges, um, you know, in this courtroom getting sentenced to prison. And now I'm sitting on the judges stand, you know, I've been clean for four years now. Um, I've been addicted to drugs for the last 20 some years. Um, been in and out of jail. I've been to prison, you know, I've been in, in and out of treatments, lost my kids been in domestic violence relationships, you know, and, and I'm able to heal now and be, you know, a, a, a healthy person today, a healthy mom. I have, I'm buying a house, you know, I'm just doing all these wonderful things and I'm a productive member of society. And, and I know what that looks like along the way. I know the journey. So it's, it's really um, beneficial for me and my position to help the guy, you know, the participants that I am helping. So... Yeah, I guess a lot of these guys that are in drug court know me. Like, they know me from before. They know me 
they've seen me at my worst. You know, they've seen me since I was a kid. Um, we've known each other. We've grown up around here. Um, and just the fact that, you know, I've been told actually by one of them, like just, just to get out and start drug court to see me in this role is inspiring enough to them. Like to show them that, you know, we can be healthy. We can be accepted by the people that we thought were our enemies, you know, the cops, the, the judges, the lawyers, like, um, it's been, it's really beneficial for them to get. So I think I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, that wasn't my intention when I started this role, but it's but definitely been a benefit for me to be a Native American woman from this reservation working in this position. Um, they just feel like they are heard and they are understood. You know, I understand culture. I understand when we have deaths in our family, you know, what it, what it takes to be there for our family, you know. It's not, you know, the process of the funeral services isn't just a one day thing, you know, it's, it, it, and I, so I understand that and I, I, and I, I meet them there, you know, I, I, I support them where they need to be supported because I get it. I understand I've been through the same stuff. So I think it's really beneficial. Yeah. Like I understand like the importance of powwows. I understand the importance of medicine dances, jump dances, you know, um, and I, I give them that leeway to, to be able to attend those things along with make make sure they're, you know, doing everything they need to do for drug court, so. Justice is a Montana Innocence Project podcast. The artwork was created by Rob Truax, and the music was composed by Corey Fay. To learn more about the Montana Innocence Project, visit our website, mtinnocenceproject.org, or follow us on social media at Big Sky Innocence. To submit a case, visit our website and click on the Request Legal Assistance tab. Thank you for unpacking injustice with the Montana Innocence Project.